1: Hey everyone, you're tuning in live with myself, Tan Hung, on three, on Queering the Air at 3CR Community Radio, broadcasting to you from um, the Wurundjeri and Boon Wurrung lands of the Kulin Nation. So I'd like to pay my respect to Elders past and present, as well as any Elders that may be tuning in right now. Um, So, I've been really (laughs) excited for this show, Um, lots happening on today, and I'd like to warmly welcome my guests in the studio, Angela and Bex. Hi! Hey! Hi! (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on. Um, And why are we all here today? Well, um, I've been thinking a lot about, like, cutie pock hair, and so... Really lucky to have these two guests in the studio, as well as some other people who have shared their ideas and sent in some love letters uh, to their hair, which we will be reading out much later on. Um, so on today, we'll be discussing things from gender performativity, um, hair care, the differences of being read and identifying, um, and how this relates to our hair, masculinity and femininity, as well as, of course, how the dynamics of race impact on queer visibility, invisibility, when it comes to our hair. But first, we're gonna hear from Amina, Rayna and Ray as they share their experiences with hair care.
2: I'm Amina, I'm a full-time student at Monash University. In my spare time, I part-time edit for Apparel Magazine I'm involved with a few magazine startups to talk about uh, diversity, difference in Australia as well as multiculturalism. And I do have a vested interest in third world feminism and self-determination for marginalized peoples.
1: Cool. Thank you for being on the show, Amina.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) So first thing, can you please describe your relationship with your hair and maybe describe Uh your hair as well?
2: Sure. Well, I would describe my hair as relatively straight with some waves, somewhat. Um, I guess it's a testament to my heritage. My father is Sri Lankan Moor, and my mother is Filipino Mestiza. So my dad has relatively curly hair, and my mom has relatively straight hair, and I think I am right in the middle of that. Um, My hair is pretty thick. I think that is, again... A testament to my heritage. Um, my father has thick care my mom has thick care and I wear that proudly. Um, I do wear headscarf, so that's not always on display. My relationship with my hair has changed over the years. I think when I was a child, I had quite different hair to my peers. I used to go to a Filipino school, so my hair was quite obviously different. Like, I did not have... Um, dead straight hair um, compared to a lot of Filipino children. Um, so I always felt my hair was a point of difference. But also it made me feel like I was a step further from Filipinoness in a strange way. Um, a lot of the time I, I didn't really care for it. I didn't know how to care for it. Mm. I don't think I had the means to take care of it, if that makes sense. I feel like my mother maybe didn't have the resources to take care of my kind of hair, which is like a little bit more wavy, and I don't mean that in in a mean way, it's just um, I think the matter of how things turned out. Uh, My grandmother tried to get me to oil my hair, which is I think a very traditional Sri Lankan thing to do, particularly for women. I didn't particularly like it. I always felt like oil was smelly, and I didn't like the idea. I had to wait for that oil to seep in my hair for like an hour. So yeah, I just left that tradition up until a few years ago where I picked it up and I finally decided coconut oil is my friend. (laughs) And I oil my hair a couple of times a week, actually. Um, I used to do it once a week. I think it's up to like two, three times now. And so I really like taking care of my hair. I feel like taking care of my hair undoes the damage that has done to me, that has been done to me. Um, Not so much, well, including the physical elements of it, um, being exposed to harsh conditions, um, harsh chemicals, harsh products, Mm. but also to the damaging ideas of of my hair, you know?
1: Mm, Like Um, what it means to have your kind of hair. Yeah. Mm.
2: So self-care is almost like a reversal of it or even like a radical resistance to that.
1: Do you feel like whiteness has really impacted on the way you care for your hair throughout like your childhood up until now?
2: Yeah, I feel like it hasn't just changed the way how I view my hair because I always felt like my hair was deviant. Like my hair did not sit straight my hair wasn't very, you know, it didn't ha- it didn't it wasn't tame in the same way that whiteness, like white hair possibly had. Hmm. Um but I guess the other part of it is the products that are available to us is dictated by whiteness as well. Yeah. Um, if you think of you know the really big uh, corporations and the fact that they can sell these products which are not even suitable perhaps for a lot of people's hair and we still consume that. Um, one, it makes you... Well, not just it makes you feel like your hair is substandard and it's not tame enough, but also um, it's actually damaging for your hair. Um, I try to limit my use of... Those products now. I make my own shampoos. I make my own conditioners. I try to listen to my mother's recipes. Um, Mm. Before, she used to use, I guess, shampoos and conditioners as we know it. She speaks of ingredients and recipes that she used as a child, that my grandmother used as a child. And I try to take that knowledge and apply it um, in my own hair care, Uh, which I think is also good, because it's not just you know, the resistance to the way we care for our hair, I mean, the resistance to what we are told about our hair and the products that we consume, but also I feel like it keeps the legacy alive of hair care within our own cultures. So alongside um, the oiling of my hair, which is something that a lot of women in Sri Lanka do, um, the different recipes of hair masks or what we would call hair masks now, Um, in the Philippines um, shampoos I guess equivalents to shampoos in the Philippines I'm talking about the older older days Um, I think that's it's really nice I feel like caring for my hair is a really beautiful thing
1: yeah right and yeah it sounds really amazing I mean does it feel like one yeah you're kind of reclaiming these these aspects of your culture um, but also does it make you feel more connected to like your mother and your grandmother and like The people that you learned how to like these kind of um ways of caring for your hair from
2: yeah um i've always grown up um in a diaspora so my mom um, and my dad they left their homelands in search of a better life obviously Mm -hmm. but they moved to um, another global south country but anyway that's irrelevant the point is um, i grew up in a diaspora i was born into one and my relationship with my parents homelands is by and large mediated and also through storytelling um, so I never really fully repatriated. I never went back. So part of keeping those traditions alive, part of reconnecting with my culture or connecting with my cultures was really um, listen to their stories, listening to, you know, eating their food. Um, part of that was also hair care. I think a lot, mm. of, a lot of it was hair care. I think there is a lot of elements of hair and how important it is, um, not just to the way we care for it, but the way how we wear it, the way how, mm-hmm. you know, we cover our hair and things like that. I I feel like there is a strong connection, I, especially as someone who lives in a diaspora. Um, it's it it's also serves as a reminder of where my parents have come from. I know my yeah my history my ancestry.
0: Hi, my name's Raina. My hair is um, knee length and it's almost black and it's straightish. It's got a bit of a wave to it, but um, not heaps. I started growing it several years ago. Uh, when I was a kid, though, I had long hair. Um, my mum like, wouldn't let me or my sibling cut our hair. <laughs> mm. So we had like like this absurdly long plait down our back when we were running around as kids. Yeah and Mm. I had like really short hair for a while but yeah then I've turned back to wanting long hair and the reason I started getting long was actually because I really hate going to the hairdressers Mm. (laughs) and um, I just didn't cut my hair for a while and then I noticed it was uh, waist length and I was like oh this is nice, I'll see how long it goes and so it kind of became a bit of a science experiment in not getting my hair cut. Um, Mm. (laughs) But yeah I, I like having long hair, I just like like how excessive it is just having absurdly long hair that's completely impractical and weird and just seems really extravagant and I like that. And also like the rest of my body is like super hairy so I thought I may as well match.
1: So hair care tips from you. Um, How do you care for your hair?
0: Well, I used to um, only use like natural hair products on my hair like shampoo and conditioner but I also went through like, I, I used to use um, like Indian herbal hair care to wash my hair and stuff um, as well. But I don't know, like, lately I've just been like, nah, blow it. So now I'm like a big fan of Pantene, um, <laughs> which is great. I think, yeah, for the past several years, I, like, I, I never had any silicone products in my hair, but now I'm like, silicone all the way, baby. Mm. It's really good, makes my hair not so tangly. Yeah, I think sort of paying attention to your hair and doing what suits like your, like suits your lifestyle, but also suits your hair, and kind of paying attention to that is important. Um, but for me, personally, that in like I really, you know, like silicone products really mm. good. It helps get all the tangles out. <laughs> but, um,
1: <laughs> Especially because you have
0: long hair. Like, yeah, you feel like that more so.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: I think like having like super long hair, it's like really helpful. I always have oil in my hair. Like, I'll add oil to it. So before I wash my hair, I'll oil my scalp with a combination of kalonji and castor oil, um, which is meant to be good for making your hair grow. Mm-hmm. And I'll oil my lengths with coconut oil. And then I'll wash my hair. And then after, like, while my hair is still damp, I'll put olive oil um, in the lengths. So, yeah. And cool. I think that's been really helpful in preventing split ends. I don't really have... Like, in spite of how long my hair is, I really don't have that many split ends, and I thank oil for that. Oiling my hair is something my mum used to do to me when I was a kid. I'm Indian, and and I guess oiling hair is pretty common in, I guess, traditional Indian hair care. I don't know, like, I think, like, the best way to come, if you want to grow, like, absurdly long hair, like, I think that the best way to do that is to figure out what works, and then just... Keep doing it and ignore your hair for a couple of years.
3: Hi, I'm Ray Ismail. I'm from Perth. I have a very complicated relationship with my hair. Um, I don't know how to describe it except for the very broad label of black hair.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I've spent hours poring over what type of hair I have and how it should be styled and how it should be taken care of, it's only recently that I've gone natural and started embracing my natural hair. I've been getting my hair braided since I was eleven years old, and that was that is a constant thing every two or three months I would be embraced. I was never in like wearing my natural hair, and rarely with natural hair in public after a certain period of my life, which I feel is due to quite a lot of internalised anti-blackness on my part and um, the politicisation of black bodies and black hair. But um, that's for another time, I guess.
1: Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like you have a very complicated relationship to it. How long has it been since you've gone natural with your hair
3: um since february last since february this year that's when i started wearing my hair naturally and not relaxing it or cutting it or braiding for a very long time Mm. it's it's been a huge change and it's helped me embrace myself and embrace my body in a way that I didn't think I could ever do. I think it's a way for me as a queer, non-binary black person to come to terms with myself. I first have to come to terms with my hair and then slowly coming to terms with other parts of my identity as well.
1: Yeah. So, how have you found caring for your hair? Like when you had braided hair, and now when now having natural hair.
3: Braided hair was quite easy to care for. Part of the reason I used to braid it was maintenance. I didn't need to do very much. It's quite difficult to care for natural hair. Um, I have to be very meticulous with it, and it dries quite easily so I make my own hair care products because everything in the market contains chemicals that are really damaging especially to my hair which has been damaged from years of braiding and relaxing and things and kind of needs a gentle a gentler sort of approach I use shea butter and essential oils quite a lot and I put a lotion on my hair at least once a day, twice if needed. And yeah, I make make most of my own hair care. Hmm, yeah, what is
1: it about making your own hair care as opposed to buying it from the supermarket?
3: Oh, it's fantastic, it's so sustainable, and I feel like I'm going back to my roots, like, I'm reminded very much of my culture and my aunts and my grandparents Mm. making their, like my grandmother and my aunties making their hair care products and using them on my hair long, long ago in Sudan. Um, It's, I also, because I buy from African shops and these African shops import their products like shea butter and essential oils and um, Jamaican black castor oil. From Africa, from Jamaica, and such, I'm helping give back to communities that use this exportation to sustain them. So it makes mm. me feel um, like I'm, in some small way, doing something to help. I'm also, I also feel as if I'm rebelling against the um, hair care industry, yeah. <laughs> which exploits black women quite a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, with, um, ha- have you ever, like, gone through a phase of, like, perhaps, like, using, uh, super, uh, not supernatural, um, <laughs> supermarket, <laughs> uh, supermarket, um, products? And, you know, did you see those kind of, like, bad effects on your hair?
3: Um, yeah, for most of my life, I've been using supermarket products. Making natural products has only become, um, a recent hmm. trend with me. Using shampoos like Pantene and such had the really, really bad effect on my hair. Only some generic products like Palmolive, a very specific sort yeah. of shampoo, didn't completely destroy my hair. And I've used relaxers. And chemical straightening quite a lot, and that mm. caused an enormous amount of damage that took months to heal. Like it's my hair is still recovering from me using relaxers two years ago. So yeah,
1: wow. Well, and so, did you only notice the effects like uh, much later on, or like in a few months, or like a year, or something of using these products?
3: No, I noticed them instantly. I just I didn't know how to repair. The damage um, very quickly. Like I didn't realize that the damage was from the use of the product. So I would repeatedly use the product the moment my hair my hair healed again. Until I realized that going natural is the only way to care for my hair and actually like save it at all, um, because relaxers. And chemical straightening they're not just carcinogens they're also like quite damaging it's like they most of them are acids so i'm honestly putting acid i was putting acid on my hair mm. to straighten it it was quite dangerous i do have like chemical burns on my scalp from one of the procedures
1: yeah wow well, um so what does it mean for you overall, like to care for your hair?
3: Um, I like it. It's relaxing. It's a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. It it makes me feel like I'm accepting a part of myself that I definitely did not like for a long time and did not enjoy care, like, I I hated my hair growing up, and there are days now when I still hate it, so caring for it, making these products, it makes me feel like I'm slowly coming to terms with myself, Mm. and I feel like self-love is one of the most radical things I could do in a world where I'm bombarded by a certain standard of beauty, which Mm. i don't meet, so yeah, it makes me feel like I'm, I'm coming to terms with who I am, regardless of what the world says how I should be.
1: Hey, that's right, you're listening to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio with myself, Tan Hung, and our special guest today, Bex and Angela. Um, welcome in the studio. Kia okay. Hi, <laughs> hi. Um, yeah, so we just had some amazing, um, amazing experiences from Ray, uh, Raina, and Amina on their experiences with hair and hair care. Um, I noticed that a lot of us in the studio were like nodding our heads, or like yes, we've done that, or like yeah, coconut oil. Yeah, and, yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah it's saying like going down to the African stores as well, like and stocking mm. up on things. It's like yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, So 1st i it'd probably be great for all of us to introduce ourselves to audiences if they've never tuned into Queering the Air before, or if if they have, um, I'll start. So my name's Tan Hung. Um, I'm one of the presenters on Queering the Air. Um, I present once a month. And yeah, I'm a mixed race, Vietnamese, um, second generation person born here in Melbourne. And yep, queer and non-binary. And I
5: have... um, Pretty thick Asian black hair. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bex, do you want to go?
5: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, kia ora, my name is Bex. I am part of Alterity Collective that's been around in Australia for the last year. I'm also part of um, Box Oceania, which is um, a similar organisation that is like Alterity here, but back in Aotearoa. Um, half African, half Maori, and yeah, I'm really glad to be here to be talking about here. Mm.
1: yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Angela? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm
4: Angela. This is my first time on the radio. I'm Filipino. I'm a first-generation Filipino migrant, and I live in Melbourne with my Filipino husband. And, um... Yeah, I could definitely relate to some of the things that were said earlier, and I'm looking forward to this conversation.
1: Mm, cool. So, just to warm us up, we're going to start off by um, reading out some love letters that contributors sent in to myself. Um, so, I'll start. Um, this one's from a friend of mine who's currently overseas. Um, their name's Yang. So, dear um, top, oh, so excuse me, dear top, uh, which is hair. I just want to stop for a moment and let you know how much I appreciate how you have shaped my life and allowed me to feel comfortable in my own skin. I know that at times we've had a stained and confusing relationship, but I'm really happy with everything we've been through together. You have helped me to make me who I am today and continue to do so. When things get rough for me, you've allowed me to start anew, allowing me to release and express my creativity onto you. By letting go of some of you or all of you, you have graced me with the ability to also let go of our painful emotional emotions and experiences. You always come back to me, and knowing that fills me with a sense of trust and stability. You have spoken on my behalf when I have been unable to communicate to others my own wants and needs. You have taken a lot of flack people have projected onto you, yet you carry on unaffected. Your strength inspires me. Your predictability humbles me. I know that people judge our relationship with one another based on my ethnicity and your assumed cultural background, but I know that together we charge forward. You help me to express my own set of beliefs that things and people change, go through stages of growth, unrest, recession, steadiness, experimentation, and inconsistency. I know that we both have both changed a great deal together through the years and I want to thank you and let you know that I love you. You are one of my oldest friends and I know that we won't have a choice to be but in each other's lives right until the very end. So I'm very glad I'm doing that with you. Top ơi top, yang yêu bạng lầm which is Vietnamese and translated into English would be hair, oh beautiful hair, I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much Yang for sending that in. Um, Yeah, Yeah. hopefully you get to listen to the show and hear that. Um, Bex, do you want to go next?
5: Yeah, oh sorry, that's my coffee. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna read out uh, Laoli's letter. Um, So yeah, tell for Lava, my body is that of a multilingual, queer, cis, Samoan, Persian guy. I spent a lot of time thinking and making writing, art, and exhibitions. I felt pressured over the years, growing up between Samoan, Jelang, Yuri, Turabal, and Jagera countries to conform to the gym sports field set. But only in recent passages of the moon and stars have I wanted to exercise for me, my well-being, my fa- my friends, for fun. Dancing to ex- exhaustion, riding my bike along the sacred Mary Yellow Creek, <clears throat> Swimming the few laps of the local pool that I can muster is good for feeling at peace in the frenetic urban world. Oh my God, Leuli, you're so beautiful. (laughs) I love you.
1: We love you, (laughs) Leuli.
5: Every morning I stretch in bed, shower and warm hardened coconut oil in my palms before running it through my hair. Medium length right now, I'm growing it as long as I can over the next few years. I had long wavy hair to below my shoulders a few years ago, but cut it short in the middle of writing my francophone literature honours thesis (laughs) as I felt life while away beside me, sorry. It's really important for me to grow my hair. Not only is it a resistance to imposed Anglo-Celtic, Celtic, -Celtic, isn't it? Short hair that cis men of any culture feel pressured to abide by in the settled colony, Long hair is a connection to my ancestors. Cis and trans men have long hair, while women often have short hair in the Samoa of my ancestors. Over thousands of years of ceremony and artful performance of complementary, socio-political roles before the interruption caused by livid Victorian-era Christian missionaries. They did their utmost to replace our many spirits and gods with one European God. They can have success have succeeded with most of my people, but many young islander men grow their hair long, especially in urban areas where the Chicano hairstyles are avid inspiration. Each day when I apply coconut oil in my share house in Watajito country, I think of my ancestors, my family and friends, and the life essence we have all come from. Growing my hair long, not caring so much about the appearing feminine or masculine or in the middle. Being myself, being real, is all intertwined in the daily acts of self-care and love. It's still medium length, but I'm growing it into my long hair as it comes. And I'll keep it that way, as many people have done for a long time. To mark the passage of moments and the liminal spaces of relationships through and in our bodies is our primary autonomy. I hope the winds and rains are carrying songs of the good spirits to you amongst the sunshine we have been enjoying. La mounuia, les so fuia, Mm. I apologise profusely (laughs) for the pronunciation for some of those words. Sorry, I gave you the hard one. (laughs) I I can read them, but yeah. Yeah. Kia ora. Thanks.
1: They need to be (laughs) written. Can you have
5: another one as well? Oh, yeah, read out both of them. This one's also from another good friend of mine who is also another Alterity member, Ripley. Um, They're currently in the US survey at the moment and they sent this. My hair is loose afro hair, it's wavy and forms in ringlets. It's taken me a surprising amount of time to understand how to care for it in terms of styling and hair products. Currently it, in its short-term non, uh, norm core non dye phase. <laughs> I say normcore because I go from having white bleached hair to green hair, to box braids, to cornrows, to being completely bald. I usually change my hair a lot, but not so much this past year. I'll getting a lot of skin fades, sometimes with lines and trying to grow out the top. So I guess my hair is healthy and forming ringlets pretty easily. I wash it once a week, otherwise it dries out too much and gets frizzy. only ever comb it after showering if I'm trying to get some faux slick black finger waves looking happening, (laughs) and if you want to get proper finger waves, which I am too lazy to do, you have to comb and train your hair every day and wear skin tight caps to sleep. I get that now, there's so many references in movies. (laughs) (laughs) I would only use three products to style my hair and maintain its length. That's coconut oil to moisturize and protect it from the elements, Mm. water from the tap (laughs) to reform the curls, and salt water. I say this because, honestly, the best styling my hair will ever get is from being in the ocean. Ask islanders, and we swear by it. Mm -hmm. It's the best hair care you'll ever get. It just looks so amazing after you get into the deluxe salt water (laughs) soak. Your hair (laughs) forms perfect curls and looks really healthy and pretty. Thanks, Ripley. Thank
1: you, Ripley. I feel like <laughs> we you. need like a scoreboard for coconut oil. Every yeah. Do we
5: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. sponsorship? Or yeah. Anything sponsor-
1: happening? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Angela, you've got a letter.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, dear Tan Hung, for most of my childhood, I wore my hair out, long and silky. My mother and I used to bond whilst she put coconut oil. There you go again through my hair mm-hmm. to nourish it something that she and her mother would do back in Indonesia. She would buy a bottle for seven cents, and it was none of this cold-pressed, organic, bourgeois shit. (laughs) (laughs) My sister had much thicker hair than me, so my mother would braid it into all kinds of beautiful patterns. I often felt envious, so my mother would braid mine too, but it never looked as good in my eyes. The coconut oil helped, Eventually, my hair grew thicker, but by that point, I was 11 and had chosen to wear a hijab, which I continued to wear for the next 11 years. During this time, I had all kinds of hairstyles. I shaved my head, had green, purple, yeah. red, blue hair, wore it in a bob, shaved one side off. It never mattered if it looked a little goofy because I knew I could always chuck my hijab on and no one would ever know. To me, my hair was simply a toy. I chose to take the hijab off at 22, and I could not figure out where my hair was supposed to sit. I changed my part so many times. I was disconnected from it, and the first few times in public were terrifying. Friends freaked out at seeing my hair for the first time, which freaked me out because I really didn't want any attention drawn to it. So I decided to bleach my hair for the first time in years because I wore a pastel pink wig to dress to a dress-up party that made me think I was Nicki Minaj. (laughs) I tried so hard to make it pastel but it just kept going green and eventually I gave up and dyed it back to black. Now the black dye is fading so it looks like I have an intentional dip dye thing going on but it was a total accident. (laughs) My hair is also dried out drastically from bleach, ocean and sun so it won't grow despite me wanting long hair again. I like this texture though. It is much like sun-kissed island hair, which reminds me of the coastlines back home, even though this isn't what I remember my natural hair to be like. I actually don't know what my natural hair is. Is it shiny black Asian hair or is it coarse two-toned island hair? Am I Asian or am I an islander? Can I be both? I mean, I know I am both and that hair of my head can be naturally ever-changing, but I feel like sometimes I have to choose. My hijab was my anti-colonialist weapon for so many years, so I don't know how to reconnect and make the same political statements with my hair. I want to be more in touch with my hair because I can wear it in so many different ways that, in tandem with all of my other activist work, could be a fuck you (laughs) to imperialist white supremacist (laughs) beauty standards (laughs) with love and fury, Stono. Hmm, amazing.
1: Um, I've also got one more. So this is from a person named May. Um, who made an amazing drawing and like love hearts all over the letter so I'll have to get it printed out and I'll I'll show you both in a sec. Um, So I never did anything exciting to my hair until I finished high school and left behind many of my insecurities and stereotypes of what beauty meant. For me changing my hair very often has been one of the small actions I can do to liberate and explore my own identity. I want myself to be removed as possible from the internalised misogynistic portrayals of female hair um, on the head and body and removed from the intensely white, media-saturated images that seem to insist whiteness is individuality and non-whiteness is a homogenous paradox. Mm. To counter this, one of the first changes I made was to grow all of my hair out and trying to make it all lavish, uh, inky, black, like my family's. Unfortunately, I was received as a very heteronormative and fetishized as some long-haired um, mystery from China or Japan or whatever country white people wanted me to be from. And so for the last 4 years, I have dropped my hair short, shorter and shorter. Micro fringe, micro bob, <laughs> pixie cut, undercut, um bowl cut, etc. I have dropped them all. Oh, I have done them all, sorry. Any Um, apparently more androgynous, oh sorry, sometimes more androgynous at times than others has made me feel safer and more representative of who I am. Yet now, as I understand myself to be performative in my gender and fluid in my sexuality, I finally don't feel scared to be a little more feminine, at least for now. Thank you, Mae. Yeah. Um... Any initial thoughts on any of the letters or perhaps like your own experiences with hair? Like maybe we can we can start with your own experiences with hair and queerness. Well, mm. yeah.
5: <clears throat> so um, I just recently, and I say recently as in like two or three months, um, got rid of my dreads. Mm. I've had dreads for about seven years now. They came naturally. Mm. Um, it happened because I went away on holiday. And anyone else with, like, really thick African hair will understand if you don't do something with it in two weeks, it's going to stay that way. Mm -hmm. So I didn't bring a hairbrush when I went on holiday. And when I got back, surprise, I got stuck with dreads. Um, It was probably a really good decision for me to keep them as well. Um, The only... (laughs) It was really annoying when I had them, though, because coming across people that wanted dreads or also had dreads assumed that I deliberately got the dreads as well. So Mm. they would talk to me, like oh, how do you maintain yours? I'm like, I don't. Mm. Like, mm. yeah, but do you do any twists or... Pur-? I'm like, I don't do anything. Mm. I literally just did not do anything with my hair. I will put beads in it, and that mm. was about it. Um, I liked it a lot because it was a lot easier to maintain. I have no idea how to deal with my hair. <laughs> Seven <laughs> years has kind of, re- like, reset me <laughs> on having to do anything. So, like, hearing about this coconut oil, I'm going to take <laughs> that on board. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah that's i yeah having the, like dreads for like seven years as well like probably like really easy decision but it did have like a lot of negative feedback in terms of people like even getting into arguments with people because mm. they assumed that I could do dreads and then if I said no I don't, I don't want to do your dreads they'd be like why not I'm Like because I don't know how to do dreads yeah. <laughs> like, and they'll get really yeah. angry at me like I almost got into an argument with Whoa, them oh get angry at you yeah, yeah. like this um, this clerk behind the counter is like I want dreads how much do you charge I'm like I don't do dreads yeah. and he held my pie hostage for a bit until <gasps> I told him that I am going to do his dreads and so I was like I'll oh, do your wow. dreads I've got my pie I'm like psyched <laughs> Give <laughs> me my pie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so my <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed them for what they were, but yeah. it was always like a starting point for a conversation for people not who are interested in me but interested in how I maintained those dreads and how they can get them get on their look. Yeah, yeah, on their own head. Mm. So um, I'll definitely get them back. At some stage, to um, some different colours and stuff, but it's, yeah.
1: Mm, how are you feeling about your hair now? Because you, you don't have to.
5: Mm, I have no idea. Yeah. People are like, it looks great. I'm like, good, because I'm not doing anything. <laughs> 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 I whisper them so quietly. Yeah. Um, I, I am enjoying the fact that I have shorter showers because I don't have to wash, yeah. like, three kgs worth of hair. <laughs> um, I'm enjoying that I can quite easily go out and not have to put them up or anything. Mm. I'm enjoying that they're not covered in food because I'll like Hmm. go and get some food and they'll like drip somewhere let's be honest I'm also glad that they don't retain you know they retain smell and everything else as well um but if I had to be really honest I I miss them so Mm -hmm. I like the short hair for a bit but I'm gonna get them back
1: yeah do you feel like um like in terms of like being read as queer, it's very different between having dreads and having shorter hair, like you do now.
5: Um, I'm not too sure yet. I'll have a look <laughs> at that because I, I feel like um, with the groups of people that I have hung out with, they weren't really people of color, so I never really got read as queer. I just got read as. The person of colour mm. or the token person. Mm. So I was just like this bundle of exciting things to look at and have conversations with mm. in terms of like hanging out with them as well. So and um my sexuality never really came across that until afterwards when everyone get really drunk and they'll try and hit on me. And be like, no, I don't know if you actually listen to the conversation mm. beforehand, but mm. I'm not really interested in you. And like yeah. Oh, what it's like? Yeah, you know that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one. we had that conversation. Yeah, we've, we've had it already. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be changing anytime soon. Um, so yeah, I found it really difficult. But now having short hair, I, I haven't like really tested the waters strong mm-hmm. enough yet. But we'll have a look. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'll, yeah. Mm, yeah.
4: What about you, yeah. Angela? Uh yeah. Um. So can't see my hair now but I'm wearing it short. Um, I've had it short for um, ever since 2013 but for the longest time I've actually had really long hair, really long, really thick hair, thicker than yours. Tanheng. I know mm-hmm. earlier you mentioned that I had thick hair but I'm yeah. like Nah, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, that's actually
1: why I got an undercut to ah, thin it out. Okay. Yeah, um,
5: yeah, I got that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. But now yeah. I really want to grow out my undercut, so it's like, it's very torturous. It is, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. cool. Um, um, but yeah, you've got really thick hair. Yeah, mm.
4: I've got real, uh, And it was really obvious when, when it was much longer, but now that mm-hmm. I've cut it short, mm. um, you don't really see it. And also, I'm wearing a beret, so mm. yeah. And um, I... um and I, I really I could really relate to that last letter that you read Bane, out, yeah. where um she talks about um fem- femininity and um fantasy and projection, and how mm. people would kind of read her as this um heterosexual, available mm. Asian, exotic woman mm. who would be willing to kind of play this part of being um kind of like a feminine I read it as like a feminine accessory to your white masculinity kind of that's how I um took the um understood the letter and that's kind of how I felt my long hair was received especially after I came to Australia from the Philippines and it was so it was quite um interesting so there's this tension in me because in the Philippines my long thick hair was not really seen as pretty I mean I'm I'm I'm, ta- I'm brown, and I have, and I had this long, long, thick hair. And in the Philippines, beauty tends to be associated with ve- with light skin. The lighter, mm-hmm. the better, the more European or even the more East Asian your skin looks, mm. the better. But kind of like browner skin, not good. Thick hair, not good. Thick hair is seen as messy. It's something that has to be tamed, domesticated. It has mm. to look long and flowy. So and that's what a lot of Filipinos do relaxing and rebonding, um, or whatever the new hair straightening tool is these days, because that's what's considered beautiful. And coming here to Australia I had all these uh, white women friends who loved my thick hair. And they were always telling me, oh, my hair, my hair's so limp. My hair is so fine. I wish I could get volume the way you, you've got volume in your hair. Mm. And so I kind of experienced a bit of an ego boost because I was like, oh, wow, white <laughs> people like my hair. What? <laughs> you know, and um, yeah. And when I cut it short, uh, the reception was quite interesting because um, some people were telling me, like, I had all these, um, like my white friends were like, oh, my God, it looks so good on you. Short hair really suits you. It looks great. And I kind of felt like, oh, I belong, I belong. But then, mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I'll kind of um, and unpack that a little later on, why that can also be, um, whilst even though that sometimes look, it looks innocent, it can also be read as problematic. But, um, yeah, I also had some people telling me why you cut your hair? Or your hair is so short now? Mm. Like there was that kind of sense of judgment. Like who would who would would there be like family who would um, ask?
1: Or not just like
4: uh, Well, would? okay. Um, the the experience I was thinking of actually involved this white guy, really nice guy, mm-hmm. but but I kind of felt have. like he disapproved of of me cutting my hair, mm. and mm. I kind of thought, felt like it was because he was used to being around Asian women that had. You know, like now that you've cut your hair, you're what kind of Asian friend are you? Are you going to be mm. this kind of smiley, cheerful sidekick that laughs at your jokes and kind of makes you feel good about yourself and never really challenges you? Yeah, kind yeah. of. So I just, yeah. But I mean, look, I, I, I like this guy. I get along with this guy. It's not like we're enemies or anything. But that's kind of how the situation uh, hit me back then. And they um, wrote this thing on Facebook. That that's going to not take very long for me to read out and it has to do with um the pleasure of having short hair and mm. how how i find that and i just say so i noticed that it was usually women white young middle class women that liked my my back then feminine chin length bob and then my more aggressively short stefania ferrario like mm. pixie cut St- stefania ferrario is this italian australian model with really short hair and I noticed that hair stylists, mostly edgy white Aussie types, like the challenge of helping me pull off short hair. And and so I realized that part of the pleasure of having short hair is sustaining casual friendships and having pleasant conversations with cool, creative white people who who like me and my hair. And I felt like in participating in the process of acquiring a quirky haircut, I'm accessing a fleeting sense of belonging, a fleeting sense of community, and I realize that that community is made possible by consumerism. So it's limited by the amount of cash one can cough up, predicated on how long mm. pixies will dominate the celebrity and fashion scene, as marginal as that may be. As it may be. So there's definitely, um, it's not an innocent pleasure, I feel, to be complimented on how one wears one, one's hair. And I think the letters, and I think that... This, you sharing your experience kind of points to that as well
5: yeah
1: Mm, yeah I think um my own experiences with like um yeah the thing is like I'm trying to grow up my hair at the moment and um I've always had really short hair and my hair grows really slowly but I'm kind of trying to grow up my hair not in like this kind of like it's not that straight um and I don't wash it that much so it's a little bit messy and I think that's um that's quite defiant to a lot of, like, the way that Asian women's hairs are, like, portrayed as, like, s- um, shiny, sleek, yeah. um, straight, dead straight, really mm. long. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess my reason for growing out long hair is just because um, I love playing with my hair and um, I guess I'm trying to, like, undo those kind of ideas around, like, femininity and masculinity and, like, having long hair because in a lot of Asian cultures, like, men do have, like really long hair yeah um yeah and why is that seen as like a feminine thing or uh, or like what kind of uh, Asian men who do have long hair are often seen as like um sissies or like yeah yeah. so it's really interesting those those ideas Mm. yeah um so uh I guess I'm also interested to hear more about like in terms of like queer visibility and invisibility any of you have ideas on that
5: um I noticed um a lot of my friends who did have short hair Mm. they tended to unfortunately be put into the uh platform of representing as masculine or butch Mm. but if anything when I had my dreads I would possibly take that on board because everyone thought that I was Quite feminine when I have my dreads, hmm. so I made it a point to wear steel cap boots and as many metal t-shirts as possible <laughs> to counteract the long, beautiful yeah. dreads that were on yeah. my head. <laughs> Whereas mm-hmm. hanging out with them as well, and people were like, oh, I could open up this jar, and they're like, oh, I actually just got my nails done. I'm like, give it here, I'll do it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, really? Yeah. You know, and so, yeah. like, especially with um visibility as well it's just like don't even rely on the hair just marvel yeah. at it just just marvel at it and if you want to try something be like hey how'd you do that I want to give it a go um I do that a lot especially with people that have like really thick coarse African hair and they mm. color it yeah. um I always want to find out how they get it so bright as well um mm. it's really hard to, like I, I always it's like you know asking if father Christmas is real always going to ask and you know the answer is still going to be no. So I still go into like hair salons. And I'm like, how much and how long will it take for me to get white hair? And, like, it's not possible. And I walk out and then I don't do anything for two weeks. And I'm like, I want to try it again. Like, I just forget. <laughs> so having, it's really good to like meet other people as well who have the same hair as me. Mm. Then also like, especially if they're in the queer scene as well. Like, it's really opened up my eyes. Just don't, don't rely on the hair don't rely on anything yeah. p- pretty much but I yeah mm. I that, I think that's the reason why I've got short hair as long as I have now because I've been hanging out yeah. with like three other people that have short hair i mm. charity <coughs> collective <coughs> <laughs> Cuff, <Yeah. puff>. <laughs> <laughs> Um so you yeah, we've all got short hair now and I'm just like yes I'm loving it <laughs>
1: it's
4: so
5: good yeah
4: mm. what about you Angela? yeah um I guess by no I don't identify as, as queer, just um, just wanted to kind of make that clear, but I do um, have friends and colleagues who are queer, and I know queer Filipino women who have longer hair than me, straighter hair than me, mm. and they kind of fit that stereotypical, beautiful Asian look, skinny, long, straight hair possibly fortified by coconut oil, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, they wear makeup, but they're queer. They're openly queer. But I don't think that that's what people see when they look at them. And I personally would not have thought of it when I first, um, like, I I didn't think it at first when I first met them. And and so I kind of ask myself how, I mean, I I think of myself as, as kind of a, a, an ally like queer friendly, but even I tend to be even I sometimes think when i when I look at people I'm, I'm like, are they are they queer like they t- see two short haired women together, I think
1: mm.
4: you know they' t- they're together or if, or but that doesn't necessarily mean I guess that they are or yeah,
1: I, I, I actually, I noticed that like when I'm walking through the city, there's lots of um i guess like um like there will be like a person with really short hair holding hands with a person with really long hair but yeah. actually in like in vietnamese culture like yeah. you always see the women holding hands yeah. anyways like yeah. down the street so you're yeah. always like locking hands and he's like oh well they're holding hands but they could be dating but <laughs> you yeah. don't, don't know yeah mm. yeah but i find that like um with white people or white queers who have like particular cuts like undercuts or i was like, gonna just say that it's very yeah. clear that you know, they're making a statement. Oh, I'm queer. Yeah. I'm le- a lesbian. Um, whatever. Um, yeah. but like, if a person of color has like those kind of hairstyles, it's so different. Um, mm. yeah. it takes like longer for people to like be like, oh, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: yeah. Especially because um, your hair texture it just it varies as well. Mm. Um, like. I noticed that um, other people that did the side shaved bits, they looked really cool. And then I did it, and then it kind of grew back. Mm. And I noticed that my hair was, like, doing, like, tornado swirls. Like, it didn't grow one direction. It would grow, like, in little clusters and stuff. So I just constantly looked like I was sleeping all the time. And I'm like, I can't (laughs) brush it out because it's just the way that my hair grows. So that failed miserably, but I still do it. (laughs) (laughs) I still do it, though.
1: Um. Unfortunately, we've run out of time and I really want to continue this conversation, but maybe we can just... We can talk after as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, like um, everyone who's listening to Queering the Air has enjoyed the show today. Um, it will be available up as a podcast, not um, not too long. So I'll be putting it up after this. Um, but yes, do tune in to Queering the Air next week, same time, three to four PM. And today you've been listening to myself, Tan Hung, I'm joined in the studio by Bex and Angela, um, chatting to you about hair um, and cutie pop hair. So hope you've enjoyed it. Ah. Uh. Any final words? Uh, Hide it
5: up. Bye, team. (coughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks.